Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera. And boys and girls, ladies, women, men, children, anybody that's listening to this, Brooklyn is quite the story today. Um, look, we're back in Brooklyn. The Nets are continuing to just be quite the dumpster fire. I... It, this is it's absolutely insane. They fired Steve Nash yesterday, and it's almost like immediate that they are talking about hiring Ime Odoka, who was unceremoniously discharged, dismissed, or suspended rather from the Boston Celtics coaching staff, uh, and he's given this a year-long suspension for allegations that after some sort of investigation, private investigation, what have you. Um, they determined were significant enough to suspend him for the season uh, relating to him and other female staffers. So it's quite the decision. It's quite the situation. And you have to wonder how that obviously impacts the Brooklyn Nets. What I think is quite interesting is that their odds actually changed on DraftKings from plus 450 to plus 400. Uh, so that's quite, quite the storyline there. Um, but it really... It's really just quite the situation for Brooklyn. You know, you have Kyrie Irving making anti-Semitic remarks, which is just completely unacceptable. Um, you have the Players Association coming out against anti-Semitism. And uh, Kyrie Irving is the vice president of the Players Association. So there's that. And you just have this whole team that just really does not seem to want to be held accountable and now you're going to bring in a coach who on a year-long suspension is really only going to do seven games because accountability, right? Um, it, I Look, like I'm not trying to get on my soapbox here, but I, I, I think it's a shame. I think it's really tough uh, from a discrimination perspective um, in regards to anti-Semitism with the remarks that Kyrie Irving is making and, you know, how there's just really no repercussions for him. And I think it's also really a shame just in terms of, you know, like women in sports, like that's, it's a tough position. And what Ime Udoka did obviously was bad enough that you had Matt Barnes saying like, yo, like, I don't know how this guy, like I retract everything. Like, I don't know how this guy's going to get hired again. And what do you know? Like seven games into the season off a win, mind you, um, Steve Nash is fired and it seems like he is going to be the new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. So, you know, you got to feel for these people in these organizations that are looking for some sort of justice. And then this is what happens. So I think it says a lot that the Boston Celtics apparently are not seeking any compensation in return for him. But that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, this should all just get swept under the rug just as like, oh, like this is just what happened. Like it is what it is. Um, so I, I really do think it's a shame. And, I, you know, it's 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 rather unfortunate that that's that's really what's going on here. Um, so with that, I want to talk about the NBA as a whole. But I will say and I noticed this because it was obviously the NFL trade deadline yesterday. Uh, there were a number of really interesting maneuvers. But I think the one the thing that was most interesting is John Ewing of BetMGM put out there that. It was a record day. There were 10 trades on deadline day. 
and the odds at BetMGM for the Super Bowl didn't move for any of the same, any of the teams that were involved or any of the teams really in like obviously in the Super Bowl uh, contention or anybody with odds. So everybody, no odds moved from the trade deadline, which I think is fascinating for a multitude of reasons. Now, uh, with that, it sucks the Giants. We lost. Uh, we lost our you know our second game of the season, but we got the bye week coming up and. Like I'm just, I just am not going to spend a lot of time on NFL. I just, it's just not really what you're coming here for, probably, and it's not really what I really want to talk about either. Especially when we have so much fun NBA that we can just talk about right now. Tuning into the NBA, we have quite the start to the season. Obviously, in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks are just absolutely wrecking teams. They start off, they're 6-0. and oh, They're 6-0 and oh in the first quarter against the spread. And then you have their division mate, the Cleveland Cavaliers, at 5-1. and one. I think the thing that's most impressive about the Bucs is that they're obviously missing Chris Middleton. Um, they're dealing with a variety of different injuries. There's been a lot of talk about their depth, about their, um, about their age. And these are all things that I've raised, and they are just absolutely slaughtering teams. Then, you know, you have the Celtics, who are off to a much better start than anticipated at 4-2. Um, they had some really good wins and they've really thrived and they seem to have come together as a team, despite, like I said, the coaching situation. What I think is most interesting in the Eastern Conference, though, is as we really go down the standings. So we're going pretty far, but you have the Bulls at three and four. And I'm recording this while the Nets and the Bulls are playing right now. So one of these teams, really, they beat the, the Bulls will either be four and four at the end of this game or the Nets will make their record three and five. So the Bulls are in 10th, the Nets are in 12th, the Nets just lost, uh, they split a series against the Indiana Pacers who are three and five, but then you have the Miami Heat at two and five as well. So when I'm looking at this, it's really interesting because I think that there are a number of teams that should likely fall out of, you know, contention in the East, namely the, the Hornets, I have absolutely zero faith in, they are three and four, they're the nine seed right now, but no real faith in them and that roster as currently constructed, even with LaMelo coming back soon. Uh, this seems like a team that should really try to tear it down and take those assets, maybe try to rebuild in the draft a little bit um, and see what they can get for some of those guys like Rozier, Oubre, PJ Washington, um, something like that. And then you have the Washington Wizards. So the Wizards are really interesting in my opinion, because they are that team that we thought was going to kind of tank last year. And then they didn't really tank. Um, they just were hurt. So what I, what I've actually found fascinating is on cleaning the glass, you can search uh, by lineups and like which lineups are most efficient, which have like the top, the highest net ratings and the wizards. These are all lineups that have a hundred possessions or so. So I think that that's, we're at a point in the season, we're about 10% through the season already. Isn't that crazy? And some of this data is a little bit more reliable. Um, and when you look at this, this lineup has played 139 possessions. So this line, you know, it's not the most, but the Wizards have a lineup of Marks Morris, Bradley Beal, Denny Abdija, Kyle Kuzma, and Chris Stapps Porzingis. It is the fourth best lineup on cleaning the glass the plus 21.1 point differential. They're scoring 128.1 points per possession and they're limiting their opponents to 106.9. So the defense on that unit 
not necessarily the best, but they are scoring an insane amount of points. And I think that that's relevant. I think that's something to keep an eye on because that signifies, in my opinion, a huge rise for Denny Abdija. And also what I think is even more interesting is the fact that Bradley Beal has really developed as a facilitator. And that's something that's helping elevate the rest of the team, even though his points prop is hitting at like a kind of a zigzaggy rate so far this season. And we just saw him go under a 20 and a half point points prop line. So that's definitely something that I've found interesting. It's something that I'm keeping an eye on. And it's definitely a spot where I'm like, hmm, maybe if I see this lineup come in, I'm going to be able to get some good odds, get some good money on them, and maybe be able to win some first quarter bets. Uh, another line, a lot, another lineup that I thought was really interesting to see is excelling so well is like when you look at this, you're going to see the traditional lines that you would expect to do well. So Golden State, they have their starting lineup of Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney. They're number one. Then you have the Suns with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, uh, Bridges, uh, Aiton. So like that lineup's been great. And then you have the Bucks with Drew Holiday, Javon Carter, Grayson Allen, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez in third. So like those lineups are all good. Those Celtics have a good lineup. Another lineup that I thought was very interesting to be as good as it is, is obviously the San Antonio Spurs. Their lineup of Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Kelvin Johnson, Sochan, and Pirtle is plus 14.4. And that's actually really interesting. It's their starting lineup. And what I found interesting about that is it's actually made them a good team to back. In particular, in the first half. In the first half this season against the spread, the Spurs are five and two. So they've been off to a good start. And that's particularly interesting to me because when you look at this team overall, they've been great against the spread on the season. They're also five and two against the spread. So you can maybe back them in a variety of different ways. And they're going to fight. They're going to keep it in contention. They're going to keep it close. And I think that that's all important. And I think it shows you how these like ideas of what teams are good or bad really influences these early season lines. So when you're looking at the NBA right now, when you're looking at some of these guys that are, you know, excelling against the spread, you have the Oklahoma City Thunder in first. Then you have the Cavs and the Bucks, both five and one against the spread. And then you have the Portland Trailblazers, also five and one. So all of those teams were teams that we looked at going into the season. We were like, well, like, I wonder how they're going to make it work. Um, the Thunder, obviously, everybody's considered to be tanking. The Bucks, people were concerned about their injuries, thinking like, you know, they had a really bad preseason. Uh, and, you know, you looked at them and you're like, I don't know, like how they're going to perform coming out the gate. And then you have a team like the Portland Trailblazers where you're like, all right, well, you know, Dame's hurt now, but Dame was back, but you weren't sure how all these pieces fit together. And a little bit similar with the Cavs, you know, it's a new setting for Donovan Mitchell. Like, how is this team going to fit together? And you see them just absolutely mashing and fitting together really nicely. So I think that that's interesting where on the opposite side, the teams that have really struggled against the spread are the Golden State Warriors are two and five. And then you have the Lakers at one and five, the Nets at one and six, the Clippers at one and six and the Miami Heat at one and six against the spread. So 
those are all teams that we looked at going into the season. We're like, all right, well, the Warriors defending champs, they're a super public team. The Lakers also relatively public, but they're one of those teams where you look at and you go, well, they've got AD, they have LeBron. Uh, maybe they can make it work with Westbrook. Let's see how this goes. They're one and five against the spread. They also have been pretty poor so far to start the season as well. Then you have the Nets who, like I've mentioned before, dumpster fire. And then you have the Clippers and the Heat who have been dealing with a variety of different things, whether it's injuries. Uh, the Clippers are obviously dealing with Kawhi Leonard's knee, which that's a tough one for them. And I think it really, you we you have to hope that he's healthy and they're just being ultra, ultra cautious. But as a Clippers futures holder, it makes me very nervous and I don't like it at all. Like not one bit because it just seems like for a guy who's saying he didn't want to play, he didn't want to miss back-to-backs, he wanted to play, he wanted to get his minutes in, haven't seen him in a couple of weeks now, and it looks like he may not even play this week either. So it's definitely a concerning position, in my opinion, if you're a Clippers backer, and that's definitely something that I want you all to keep in mind moving forward. Um, with that, like I mentioned, we're about 10% through the season, and I think one of the things that and like one of the tools that I like to use is I like to use dunksandthrees.com. So part of why I like this website is that they give you a variety of different data uh, between strength of schedule, pace, offensive, defensive rating, adjusted net. But the thing is that they really take all of these factors and put them together. And what I think is important about this is you get an adjusted net rating, adjusted off right, offensive rating, and adjusted defensive rating, and it's based on strength of schedule. This is important. It's a little wonky earlier in the season just because we're not sure like which teams are good. There's been some blowouts. There's been, you know, some maybe some bad losses or some injuries, whatever. So like some of the variance hasn't totally come out yet, but this does seem to help to a degree to even that out as good as possible. And right now, the teams that are at the top of this in terms of adjusted rating are the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Phoenix Suns, the Dallas Mavericks, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, and then the Boston Celtics. And then, crazily enough, you have the Utah Jazz at eighth in adjusted net. So I think it's fascinating what's going on with the Utah Jazz and Danny Ainge. I, I wonder every day now, is he happy? Is he going to fire himself? Like what, what is this man going to do here? And the thing that's interesting about the Jazz is they're full of NBA talent. So when you look at the Jazz roster, they obviously have, you know, Mike Conley at the top. You have Laurie Markkinen, who's been going absolutely crazy. Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton. Like, you have all these guys that are good enough, and they're all playing. Like, they're not tanking. I, I've said this every time. Like they're not tanking. So you put these guys on a team, you put them together, they're dramatically underrated against, especially against the spread, where uh, against the spread, the Jazz are five and three. And when you really, when you look at this, you're, you're in a situation where you're saying like, this team is undervalued. They, we should continue to keep betting them. And they have a contending squad. 
And when we look at the ROI for the Utah Jazz, they're six and two straight up with an 82.87% ROI on the money line. The only teams that are better than them are the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Portland Trailblazers, and then the Spurs have a preposterous 165.96% ROI. But that's a little skewed because they beat the Timberwolves. Uh, so that that's kind of created that, that issue. But Utah is very good. I don't want to say they're very good, but they're good enough and they're underrated. And they're kind of one of those teams that I think that their opponents are not getting up for. They're not super excited to play. They're just like, all right, like whatever, like we should take care of business. And then they don't because they're playing almost down to their level in a certain degree. So it's interesting. I'm curious to see what Danny Ainge does because there's a lot of pieces that he really needs to be able to move in order for this team to be bad. And we'll just have to see how exactly that goes uh, in the near future. Cause I'd expect them to try to start making some deals ASAP rather than drag this out because like the jazz are not a title contender, but they can definitely fuck up their lottery odds and their chances at getting either a Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson. So one of the new articles that I'm working on for action network is I'm working on this article. It's coming out every week and it's called Dallara's player prop forecast. And what I'm trying to do in that article is I'm trying to really go forward and project different player props and different angles that I like looking at the week ahead. And this is actually, I think this is going to be a really interesting piece. I think it's a really fun piece. And part of why I like it is that I'm going to be able to look at a lot of these players and talk about them without having lines for them. And what's, what I think is important about that, and I think this is important generally too, when you're betting is you really want to be able to know what you're looking for before you bet it. So it's kind of like one of those things, you ever take a multiple choice test and you're the way you, that I study or the way that I think a lot of people do study, or maybe the way that they take the test is when I read the question, I try to answer it in my head before. And when I do that, if I then see the answer in the multiple choice options, then I just take that one because I know that that's the one that I had thought of initially. And I don't get confused by the wording. I don't get confused by saying like, look at these and like they're, oh, they're close or whatever. I don't get convinced by what the options are. I think this is incredibly important when you're betting on games. And I think it's also incredibly important when you're betting on props. And the reason for this is that I like to know and try to do as much research as I can before, because a lot of times these lines move and they move rapidly and, or you don't have a lot of time to bet them. So a lot of the guys that I like to target, it's due to injuries. It's due to lineup changes. It's due to, you know, people getting COVID. It's due to a matchup. And there are certain spots that I'm targeting for those things. And one of those spots, and I'll use a pass example because I think it's going to be relevant. It's going to be relevant for tonight's game. And one of those spots that I've been looking at and I've been targeting is the fact that on the Pelicans, who number one bet them minus three against the Lakers, that's absolutely a bet. Three and a half, four, just bet it. Um, this is a spot that I've been looking at, looking for, and looking at. And you know, Zion missed a couple games. 
Herb Jones has missed some games, and Brandon Ingram is currently still missing games. I don't expect him to play tonight, uh, and that would obviously change this cap a little bit. But he, I don't, I believe, did not travel with the team on this road trip, and this game is at the Lakers, so it's the last game of the road trip. Uh, and maybe he can return Friday against the Warriors. But I think it would be likely maybe to see him Saturday against the Hawks since it's a back-to-back. Maybe they, you know, play Zion one game and then Ingram the next day or or something like that. But so this is something that I want to watch in this game against the Lakers. And one of the guys that I've been targeting has been Trey Murphy. And I don't think that his points, rebounds, and threes lines are really actionable on the overs right now. I do think that his usage is going down and he's been excellent as a sharpshooter lately, but I think that actually the line that I'm looking for is I'm going to look at under threes, like under two and a half threes. If I can get it at plus money in this Lakers game, especially if, if somehow, if he, if that line's there and Ingram's playing, I think that that's like a must bet. I think I would be surprised if it stayed there though. Um, I, I I think that that's really where we need to go with this. Like his shot volume's dropping. He's only taken four threes in consecutive games. So that's, that's a spot that I want to target. And I think that that's something that knowing that going into the game is important because as soon as I see these lines pop, then I can start taking advantage of that. Another guy that like, I really like on the Pelicans is Zion Williamson. And you guys have heard me talk about this before, but Zion is an assist guy and he's a great distributor. And the thing that I think is most interesting is, you know, he just had, he almost had a triple double the other night. He had 21, 12 and seven when he returned. But the thing that I think is interesting about Zion is they continue to just set his lines like in a wonky fashion. Like they set them too low in my opinion. Um, And a big part of that is the fact that like, they just don't know. They keep saying like, Oh, he's not healthy or he's going to have his minutes limited or, or whatever. But when you really like look at his stats and his games, like he's not playing limited minutes. What's he's playing in over his last 25 games, he's played fewer than 30 minutes in just three of them. So when he, as long as he's on the court, he's playing. And that's something that you like 100% need to continue to take advantage of. He averages 26.7 points, 7.3 rebounds, and 3.7 assists over the last two years that he's played. And they're setting his prop lines at like 23 and a half, six and a half, and two and a half. So I think you'll see those, especially the assist line, maybe go up at a plus number. But those are absolutely exploitable, exploitable props because the books are saying like, oh, well, people are worried about his injuries or this or that. And they're concerned about maybe betting overs, but like they're setting these just too low. And that's that's really just not what's actually happening and like what's actually going on there. A couple other spots that I feel similarly about are Anthony Simons for the Portland Trailblazers. He has been a savage without Damian Lillard. And the other day against the Rockets, they set his prop lines of 23 and a half points, four and a half assists, and 3.5 threes. Those are literally like criminally low. Over the past two seasons without Lillard and McCollum, he's averaging 26.8 points, 6.4 assists, 2.8 rebounds, and 5.1 made threes. These lines are really low and 
I'm looking like I think that they might change some of these over the like between the next game or so. But if they don't, he's recorded five or more assists and four or more threes in 11 of those 16 games without Lillard and McCollum over the past two seasons. So they're obviously factoring in a little bit of Jeremy Grant, a little bit of Nurkic, like a little bit different options. He can be that dude. And those are spots that we want to target immediately. And you want to get ahead of them because when they move, whether it's the juice or whether it's the line, you're giving up a lot of that value and you want to be able to pounce on these right away. Um, So that's kind of my thought on some of these player props and some of the angles that I'm looking for. And that's, it's one of those things too, with like Tyrese Halliburton, he just had a down game against the Brooklyn Nets. He had a lot of rebounds, which was, um, a little surprising, but then again, the Nets are the worst rebounding team in the league. Um, he had a little bit of a down game, but it, it's going to provide a great buy low spot for him in their next contest. So these are all things that I like to consider and knowing what you're looking for going into the game just makes it so much easier because if you <clears throat> don't see what you want, it's not like, a test where you have to answer the question. Otherwise, you know, if you leave a blank here and you get zero points, if you don't like what you're seeing or it doesn't really match, or if it matches exactly what with your line, or it's a little too close or a little too high. And you're like, ah, like, I don't really like the other side, but I think it just makes it a no bet. Sometimes not making that bet is the best bet that you can make. And I think that's important to remember and I think that it's important to keep in mind. So if you see something that's way off and you're like, holy cow, like I think this should be minus five and it's minus two, you want to jump all over that right away. Don't second guess yourself because next thing you know, you're going to do, do you might do a little bit of research and then the line moves dramatically in the other way. So like obviously make sure that there's no injuries, but if you're doing that research beforehand, before these lines pop, then you can immediately take advantage of them later on. Uh, And I think that that's critically, critically important when you're betting on any sport, whether it's the NFL, NBA, MLB, player props, whatever. Having a target in mind keeps you honest. It keeps you secure. And it keeps you from reaching like last second before games. You're like, oh, like I want action. When it's like, you know, like, no, 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 this like isn't the spot that I wanted. Um, so those are some of my thoughts right now on the NBA. I think that it's going to be a really exciting time. Uh, we're about 10% through the season. So we're starting to get a little bit better data. We're starting to get a better feel for how these teams are, who is who and, and, you know, who's good, who's bad. But one team that I'm going to continue to fade is the Memphis Grizzlies. I just don't really think that they're that good. And I don't think they've really beaten anybody that good. Like they beat the Knicks, um, in their opener and overtime, but I just, I struggle to see it with them. And it seems like they have a lot of, they have some injuries popping up. Some people are getting sick. Uh, they're a team that I'm going to be looking to fade continuously just based off their off season, uh, expectation or so to speak. Um, so with that, I'm going to leave you with a quick recommendation. And my recommendation is to, um, you know, start, Start putting your trees up, honestly. Like, put some lights up. It's a great time to be alive. It really brings a little level of cheer. It gives you that nice ambient lighting if that's if that's what you want to do. I don't 
object to anybody putting their Christmas trees up or their holiday trees, whatever you want to call them before Thanksgiving. I just, I'm at the point where I'm like, this is too much work to just leave up for like 25 days or a month or whatever, put them up, leave it up and have a good time. So with that light, make sure they're green and let's cash that. Woke up the morning, can't remember nothing. Two bitches just flowing from London. Two bitches. Nothing I remember, they calling me daddy. The mattress was covered in money. Went to sleep with my jewelry and chains on. Had to wake up and recount the money. I got a bitch, she gon' kill for real. Talking about Clyde and Bunny. Coot with the kid, cop it. Got you. Pull up with a stick, stop it. Stop it. Rich nigga shit, solid. Rich nigga, oh, honey, pockets riding. Got it. I go to space with the stars. Star. Might smoke a blunt on my pilot. Cookie. Saturn, moon, earth, and Mars. Mars. NASA take off with the rocket. NASA. Half a million on the necklace. Young rich niggas, we successful. successful. Say she wanna feel special. What? That cocoa make her feel special. Cocoa. I kinda honey the better. 100. Back in 200 the better. 200. I might go put all my chains on. I just might change up the weather. Change. She pop a perky pussy weather. Drip. I make the bitch at Coachella. Coachella. If she Nutella, she probably do better. But can I get an E for L for E? I pray to God to wash my sins. God. I performed against me, not a weapon. No weapon. Ask him where do I begin? Where? Devil trying to take my blessings. blessings. They don't know the meaning of the white. Nah. You don't really live this life. Nope. Niggas in the hood, shoot twice. Said my niggas in the hood, she precise. Real wise, we ain't taking no advice. Nah. I realize that these hoes ain't right. All on. Don't even ask cause they know what's the price. price. Ain't got a snow, they already know it's white. I talk to God cause I been baptized. baptized. I got mob tied to the north side. Now side. up with the sticks on the nigga straight slime. They gon' make the north side high crime. Now, been I hit a lit with these niggas dropping 10. Huh? Hit a lit with these niggas dropping dimes. Fucking on the friend, I'ma break her back in. Thinking that the watcher can't waste time. Take, take, take off. Woke up the morning, can't remember nothing. Two bitches just flew from London. Two bitches. Nothing I remember, they calling me daddy. The mattress was covered in money. Went to sleep with my jewelry and chains on. Had to wake up and recount the money. Recount it. I got a bitch, she gon' kill for real. Talking about Clyde and Bunny. Coot with the kid, cop it. Got you. Pull up with a stick, stop it. Stop it. Rich nigga shit, solid. Rich nigga, oh, honey, pockets riding. Cottage. I go to space with the stars. stars. Might smoke a blunt on my pilot. Cookie. Saturn, moon, earth, and Mars. Mars. NASA take off with the rocket. NASA.